I thank God for his goodness. I remember, it isn't too many years ago, and how our brother Rye was such a great help and blessing to Nathan, and also our brother Bertie. And I thank God for what he's done. We have a faithful God. We have a wonderful God. And you know, if you're here tonight and you're saved, you have a lot to thank God for. I have a lot to thank God for tonight. And I'm behind in praise. I owe God thanks tonight. And I bless his lovely name. We're going to turn to God's word. It's a privilege to be here. The first time I was here was in 2001. How I remember is because the van I was driving at the time and how quickly the years go by. 21 years ago, I was here sharing a testimony and I'm here tonight by the grace of God. God has been good to me. We're going to turn to God's word in Luke chapter 7. And I pray that God will bless his word tonight to you. Luke chapter 7, verse 36. And one of the Pharisees desired him that he would eat with him. And he went into the Pharisee's house and sat down to meet. And behold, a woman in the city, which was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at meat in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster box of ointment, and stood at his feet behind him, weeping, and began to wash his feet with tears, and did wipe them with the hairs of her head, and kissed his feet, and anointed them with the ointment. Now when the Pharisee which had bidden him saw it, he spake within himself, saying, This man, if he were a prophet, would have known who and what manner of woman this is, that toucheth him, for she is a sinner. And Jesus answering, said unto him, Simon, I have somewhat to say unto thee. And he said, Master, say on. There was a certain creditor which had two debtors. The one owed 500 pence and the other 50. And when they had nothing to pay, he frankly forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of them will love him most? Simon answered and said, I suppose that he to whom he forgave most. And he said unto him, Thou hast rightly judged. And he turned to the woman and said unto Simon, Seest thou this woman? I entered into thine house. Thou gavest me no water for my feet, but she has washed my feet with tears and wiped them with the hairs of her head. Thou gavest me no kiss, but this woman since the time I came in has not ceased to kiss my feet. My head with oil thou didst not anoint, but this woman has anointed my feet with ointment. Wherefore I say unto you, her sins which are many are forgiven. For she loved much, but to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little. And he said unto her, thy sins are forgiven. And they that sat at meat with him began to say within themselves, who is this that forgiveth sins also? And he said to the woman, thy faith has saved thee. Go in peace. Some years ago, myself and Nathan were out in East County Limerick in a place called Old Palace. And I think I was getting a, a filter for a tractor that I had at the time. And I had to get this filter, the Nile filter, just to do a bit of work on it to keep it working. I was cutting timber at the time. We cut timber and we bought in timber, um, hardwood timber, and uh, cut it up with machines and, and sold it. That's what I was doing at the time. But we were out in this tractor place out in East Limerick and this fella came in when we were being served 
And I'm not exaggerating here tonight. It was the worst smell I ever got in my life. The smell that that man brought into the place we were there. And I, I, nearly, I nearly fell down with, with the shock. And he came straight up to the counter and the man that was in charge said, just a minute, he said, there's a man here before you. Now that man with the smell was buying a tractor. But there was a smell off that man that would knock a horse. But he didn't know it. He wasn't aware of it at all. He wasn't aware of it at all. You see how this is going to be applicable to our message tonight. I'm amazed at this portion of scripture where it says that, Behold a woman in the city which was a sinner. Why does it identify this woman as a sinner? For the Bible tells us that all have sinned and have come short of the glory of God. Why does it say that this woman was a sinner? She was known as a sinner. She was known by her lifestyle as a sinner. Everybody identified her. That's her. That's the one. You know the story. That's her. She's the sinner. It wasn't easy for her to come into a Pharisee's house to the Lord Jesus Christ and do what she did. It was a very, very difficult thing to do. And you know, when people are coming to Jesus, there'll be lots of obstacles in the way. There'll be lots of accusations of the devil. Oh, don't go into that place, because if the lads see you going in there, they'll be talking about it at work on Monday, and they'll be all laughing at you. Let them laugh away. I'd rather have someone laughing at me and be on my way to, uh, on my way to heaven than be a fool and on my way to hell for what people think. It doesn't matter what people think. But there was something really strong that drove this woman to want to come and meet Jesus into the worst place that she'd want to come of herself. But she came because she was drawn by Jesus Christ and the love of God. And the Bible tells us when she knew that Jesus sat at meat in the Pharisee's house, she brought an alabaster box of ointment and she stood at his feet behind him weeping. Why was she weeping? Why was she weeping? The Bible says she was weeping. She was certainly a broken woman. She was certainly drawn to Jesus and by her actions she was overcome with a love for this man, Jesus Christ. She was able to approach him. The others that were in that place would have turned her away. In fact, they, she got no invitation from Simon the Pharisee. But she was drawn by God. And I thank God for the love of God today that draws sinners to repentance. And maybe you're here today and you're wondering, someone so-and-so asked you to come, or you're just keeping mammy happy or daddy happy. No, you're being drawn by the love of God. God has drawn you to himself. Recognize that. God is drawing you personally. He cares about you personally. He knows all about you. He knows every single thing about your life, what you did, didn't do, what you tried to do, failed to do, what you aspired to do. He knows everything about you. And he loves you. And he cares for you. And he loved this woman. And this woman was drawn to the Lord Jesus Christ. She was weeping and she began to wash his feet with tears. And she did wipe them with the hairs of her head. And she kissed his feet and anointed them with the ointment. There's no record here in this story of that woman saying anything. But boy, she said a lot, didn't she? But what she did. They say action speaks loud, louder than words. She said a lot. The only noise that that woman made was the sound of her weeping. The sound of her weeping at Jesus' feet. You know, sometimes people approach God and, and we can do it ourselves and you think that he was a buddy. God was our buddy or something. God is holy and he's righteous. We need to be careful how we approach God. <clears throat> we have no access to God except through his son, Jesus Christ. 
and apart from the blood of Jesus Christ. We need to be careful when we're approaching God, how we approach God. When we're talking about Jesus, we're talking about the Lord Jesus Christ. There are false Christs, but there's only one Lord Jesus Christ. This woman anointed his feet with the ointment. Now when the Pharisee, and I can just picture this tonight, when the Pharisee which had bidden him saw it, he spake within himself. We do that all the time, don't we? We make judgments all the time. We could see a person, we could kill him in our heart in an instant. A thought, uh, uh, something that we could say within our own hearts. The Bible says the Pharisee who had bidden Jesus to come and eat with him, he said within himself. He didn't say it audibly. He was thinking in his own heart. And how are you thinking in your heart tonight? How do you think you stand with God tonight? How do you think that you, you raise in, in, in the sight of Almighty God tonight? Are you confident in the presence of God tonight? Are you sure of yourself tonight? Are you sure of your standing tonight? This man taught within himself. And he said, if this man, referring to Jesus, he said, this man, if he were a prophet, he would have known who and what manner of woman this is that touched him, for she is a sinner. He was able to see that this woman was a sinner. But what was Simon's problem? The Pharisee, the religious leader, he couldn't see that he was a sinner. He couldn't see his own sin. This is very, very serious tonight. In this whole story that we're looking at, there was only one person that benefited from the company of Jesus, that we're told, and it's the woman that was called a sinner. It was the woman that wouldn't have been invited. It's the woman that had been left outside. It was the woman that would be kept at arm's length. But the Bible tells us that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. That's why Jesus came. He didn't come for righteous people. Why does Jesus say he didn't come to call the righteous but sinners to repentance? There are no righteous people. But there are those who think they're righteous. They're blinded by their self-righteousness. The Bible tells us all our righteousness are as filthy rags. Filthy rags. Our sin stinks in the nostrils of God, of ourselves, our wicked sin, our rotten, filthy sinfulness in the sight of God. When God looks down from heaven and he sees what his son went through so he could save us from going to hell. What it cost him, what it cost Jesus Christ to save us from a lost eternity. God takes sin very seriously. We can pass over it and we can, we can have a very slipshod attitude towards sin. This woman came broken before the Lord Jesus. She came before, she came at his feet. That was high enough for her. She came to the feet of Jesus. She never opened her mouth, but she said a lot. And Simon, of course, thought he was smart. And we think we're smart at times, don't we? We have all these notions, and maybe you're here tonight, maybe you're not saved, and you, you haven't been born again, and you're thinking, I'll hedge my bets, and, you know, I don't know about this Christianity. I'll tell you something, if you go to bed tonight, and you're not saved, and you'll wake up in hell. And if you wake up in hell, you'll see this meeting played over for all eternity. And any other meeting, and any other person that told you about Jesus, and any verse that came and was shared with you about getting saved, you'll hear it for all eternity, ringing in your ears. It's a fool said in his heart, there's no God. And it's only a fool that wouldn't get saved. 
A fool and a complete and utter fool if you're not saved and you stay that way. Because you're going to spend eternity saying, all I had to do was say sorry. All I had to do was admit to being a sinner. Dirty old sinner. That's me, a dirty old sinner. And I tell you, if you're not saved tonight, that's what you are. You're a dirty sinner. It doesn't matter whether you have a suit on, a hat on, or a nice dress on. You're a dirty old sinner in the sight of God. And you have to see yourself in that position before you can ever know or come to God's salvation. We've come short of the glory of God. And God looks down from heaven and he sees what Jesus did on the cross. It's only a few days ago since Jesus died on the cross because the Bible says that one day with the Lord is a thousand years. It's fresh in the mind of God the Father what Jesus went through on that cross. It's fresh in God the Father's mind. And the wages of sin is death. You have an opportunity here tonight because of the grace of God. The gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. What a wonderful gift. I don't deserve that gift. Do you? Do you think you deserve that gift? This woman didn't think she deserved anything. But I'll tell you one thing. She showed her heart bare and before them all that night. And she came to Jesus behind him and, and, and wiping her, his, his feet, washing his feet with her tears. Her heart was broken and she was sorry for her sin. And I thank God that Jesus didn't leave Simon do I do his little thinking game. And Jesus sees and he knows everything. There's nothing that God doesn't know about you or me. He sees everything. He knows everything. And you know he intervened and then I thank God he intervened. Because the Bible says, and Jesus answering said unto him, and I want to point out that Simon didn't say anything audibly. He was thinking in his heart. But I, you know, the Lord Jesus can answer you in your heart tonight. He can answer you right now, whatever struggle you're having, whatever difficulty you're having, whatever fear you're having. He can answer you tonight. All you have to do is be honest with him. All you have to do is to come clean with him. Just tell the truth. Don't make yourself out to be what you're not. Don't lie to God. You won't prosper if you lie to God. Just be honest with God. And Jesus said to Simon, he said, I have somewhat to say unto thee. And he said, Master, say on. There was a certain creditor which had two debtors, the one owed 500 pence and the other 50. And when they had nothing to pay, he frankly forgave them both. Tell me therefore, which of them will love him most? Simon answered and said, I suppose that he to whom he forgave most. And he said unto him, Thou hast rightly judged. You know, I've met people who, when they heard my testimony, they genuinely said, well, I'm so happy for you, you really needed something. You really needed God. And they're actually saying, well, I, I didn't do any of those things, and I wasn't that bad a sinner, and I didn't really need what you have. And you know something? That's a very dangerous place to be. That's an awful place to be. Because if you cannot see your, your sin, and if you cannot see your plight, you cannot see your need of the Savior. You cannot see the urgency of getting right with God. When? Right now. Right now. We've no guarantee that we will see home tonight when we leave this building. But I want to tell you this much. If we don't, if we don't see home, we're going to heaven. We're going to heaven because we're saved by grace. We didn't do anything special. We're, we're going to heaven because of what Jesus did. 
because of what Christ did on our behalf. We're trusting in Christ. We're trusting in the blood of Jesus. We're trusting in that once-for-all sacrifice, never to be repeated. Our trust is in Jesus. Our hope is in him. And I'll tell you something, that's good enough for me. Praise God. But Simon, of course, was there and Jesus was trying to help Simon. And he gave him the example of the two that owed one 500 pence and the other 50. I want to say this to you tonight, and God is listening to me. It doesn't matter what you owe. What matters is you can't pay it. You can't pay it yourself. There's nothing you can do to wipe a sin away. There's nothing you can do to make yourself better. There's nothing you can do to warrant the the righteousness or the goodness of God or the mercy of God or the forgiveness of God. Because God would not be God if he accepted any other righteousness than that of his son. He will only accept what his son did on Calvary's cross. Jesus will only accept, God will only accept what Jesus has done on Calvary's cross. And if you owe the 500 pence, if you were the worst sinner that ever came out of your county, or whether you were a a kind of an easy-busy sinner, let me tell you something, the same sin, the one sin, the little sinner, the small sinner, the not-so-bad sinner, that sin put Jesus on the cross. It took the same sacrifice. It took the same blood. It took the same pain. It took the same rejection. It took the same suffering. For the Lord Jesus on Calvary's cross, for your your so-called not-so-bad sinner, being a not-so-bad sinner. If you look at the cross, you'll see how good you are. If you look at what Jesus did on the cross, you'll see where you stand. If you look and you say, why did he die? Why was Jesus crucified? Why did he go to that cross? Was it for my sin? Did I do that? Am I responsible for that? Lord, I'm sorry. Will you forgive me? Will you forgive me my sins, Lord? I didn't realize it, that my sin did that to you. I didn't realize it. You see, we say, for God so loved the world, praise God, that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. But God so loved you, personally, you, the individual, me. God so loved you that Jesus died on that cross. And both of these men that owed the 500 cent and the 50 cent or whatever, both of them, neither of them could pay. The Bible tells us he frankly forgave them both. Tell me therefore which of them will love him most. Simon answered and said, I suppose that he to whom he forgave the most. Jesus says, thou hast rightly judged. And I thank God, them that honor me I'll honor, the word of God says. Jesus honored this woman. It's recorded for us in in God's holy scripture. He honored this woman because he stands up and he says about her, and I mean when I say standing up, I don't mean physically standing up. He turned to the woman and he said unto Simon, Seest thou this woman? I entered into thine house. Thou gavest me no water for my feet, but she has washed my feet with tears and wiped them with the hairs of her head. Thou gavest me no kiss, But this woman, since the time I came in, has not ceased to kiss my feet. My head with oil thou didst not anoint, but this woman has anointed my feet with ointment. Wherefore I say unto thee, her sins which are many are forgiven. 
for she loved much, but to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little. I don't know if you've ever realized it in reading this portion of Scripture. She was the only one that we know from Scripture that benefited from this encounter with Jesus. Simon invited Jesus into his house, and it's possible that Simon still went to hell. If he didn't repent of his sin, if he didn't acknowledge his sin, if he didn't come to Jesus the way that that woman came to Jesus, in repentance and in godly sorrow, it's possible that that man who invited Jesus, imagine being down in hell and being able to remember, I asked Jesus to eat with me one day, and I never took his salvation. I never realized my own, my own situation, my own predicament. If you're here tonight and you're not saved, you're not born again, don't worry about the terminology. If you haven't had an encounter with Jesus Christ on the basis of being sorry for your sin, you couldn't be in a more dangerous position. You're in serious trouble unless you come to the Lord Jesus and ask him for his forgiveness. It's, it's the most serious thing that you'll ever have to encounter. If you reject the Lord Jesus Christ and you go to hell for all eternity, it doesn't make any sense at all. It's complete and utter madness. When Jesus died to save you and when Jesus died so that you could be forgiven, Jesus stands up for this woman and he said unto her, he addresses her personally, he says, thy sins are forgiven. Isn't that incredible? Thy sins are forgiven. We're told in the scripture that you might know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. If you're a Christian, I tell you, isn't that some message to be able to share? That Jesus Christ has the power on earth to forgive sins. When we came up yesterday and we prayed for God's leading and guidance I was going to do a, a gospel video in the, in the middle of Armagh town and it somehow just didn't, didn't work out. And it was dark and it was, just didn't seem to have an opening. And we drove through Armagh town and next thing the sunshine came out. It's like as though four hours went back, the clock went back four hours and the place lit up and we came into the moy and we did a gospel message. And it touched my heart to see young men standing outside a pub listening to the gospel because they desperately need to hear the gospel. I believe there are hundreds of thousands of people on this island that have never, ever heard the gospel. And why do I believe that? Because we keep meeting them who are glad to hear it. We keep meeting them when we go out, when we reach out to them. I know there's people going around with the John's Gospels and they're going to the homes in Tipperary, in Offaly, in Limerick City. Our brother Pat here goes in to, into the city in Limerick and he's meeting people. And every time he goes, he meets someone who wants to hear. He meets someone who's glad that they met him. But too many Christians are sitting in their churches singing hymns and going home and having their dinner and doing nothing. Doing nothing. There are people waiting to hear the gospel. Maybe you're here tonight. And maybe you're iffy and you're wondering, what will I do? What's the right decision to make? I'll tell you the decision to make. Get sure of heaven tonight. Be absolutely certain of heaven tonight. And if Jesus Christ could die on a cross naked, uh, be for all to see, and battered and bruised, clothed in blood, 
from head to toe. I'll tell you something, there's no need to be ashamed of him. When he would do that for you, and he would do that for me, he will never fail you, nor forsake you. He'll never leave you, nor forsake you. He will never let you down. He faileth not. He is ever faithful. He's the best friend you could ever have. There's nobody like Jesus. He's a wonderful Savior. I had no friends, a young fellow grown up. Not one single solitary friend did I. I got rid of all my friends. I was too much trouble. And I thank God for Jesus speaking into my heart in November 1979. And he said, Jerry, I love you. He said, how could God love me? I thought he came to the wrong house. How is it possible that God could love a sinner like me? And I asked those questions in my heart. Of course, when I said it in my heart, I said, how could God love me the way I live my life? And the answer came quickly. He said, Jerry, if I didn't love you, I could have taken your life many times. And if you were honest tonight, is that not so in your own life? Are there not situations that you were in? Are there not situations that you went through? You said, that was a close one. I shouldn't, have, I shouldn't have met it. I can think of many, many times, and I shouldn't have met it. But I thank God for his mercy to me when I'm only 18 years of age, and I'm not 18 anymore. And he just told me that he loved me, and my life flashed in front of me like a video, and I cried my eyes out. I cried like I'd never cried before in my life. I was sorry before, only because I was caught. I was in trouble. I was sorry. I wasn't sorry. Sorry because I was caught. But I was sorry this night because I was sorry. I was sorry for what my sin did to God. I was sorry for, for the way I treated God and the way I lived a godless life. And the moment I just said to the Lord, I'm sorry for the way I lived, will you give me another chance? It was like a drowning man being pulled out of the river. Jesus Christ saved me on the spot in November 1979 in Munaline Heights Castle Try outside Limerick City. And I thank God for his mercy. I praise God for his mercy and I praise God for his forgiveness. We were saying it in Ma yesterday, having come up from Limerick and Nathan is from Clare and we came up and travelled up. We're, to, we're only here because we want to tell you what Jesus did for us. We only want to tell you what Jesus can do for you. Because of Jesus Christ, that's why we're telling others. That's why we're here tonight. There's someone here tonight. If you've come to meet after meet after meet and you're not saved, would you please tell me tonight before I go home, would you please tell me why you're not saved? Just give me a reason why you're not saved. I am all ears. Give me one good reason why you're still not saved. A brother who goes into doors in Tipperary, his name is Seamus. He has eight stints, nine stints in his heart. And he goes out on the doors. I'll tell you something, he just comes alive. And when they refuse, he says, why would you refuse the word of God? He doesn't take no for an answer. But when Seamus got saved, the night he got saved, a brother was faithful enough to God to say to him, can you give me one good reason why you shouldn't ask the Lord Jesus to save you tonight. And he looked them in the eye and Seamus Slattery said, no, I can't. And got saved that night. You have no good reason. And don't play with that sin that will take you to hell. Look what the sin did to Jesus. It will take you to hell if you hold on to it. 
It'll damn your soul for all eternity unless you come to Jesus and say, Lord, I want rid of it. I don't understand. I haven't got all the answers. But I believe you died for me. I believe you, you paid the price. And I believe tonight that you love me. Because if he didn't love you, you wouldn't be sitting here tonight. And that's a fact. And that's what, that was the thing that spoke to me. The fact that I was still alive. When he said I, it, he loved me. Because I didn't know that God loved me. I didn't believe that God loved me. But when he said to me, if I didn't love you, I could, take, I could have taken your life many times. I didn't need that explained. That hit right home. I should have been dead on numerous occasions. And I thank God tonight for his mercy. I thank God for his grace. I know that if the Lord hadn't saved me, I'm certain I'd be burning in hell right now. And I'd have no argument, because I deserve it. Why? Because my sins put Jesus on Calvary's cross. And I thank God that he forgave me. And I said I was sorry. And he'll forgive you tonight. I thank God for this wonderful woman. He said to her, thy sins are forgiven. And they that sat at meat with him began to say within themselves, who is this that forgiveth sins also? And you know, I tremble when I think of these, these people that were at that, that dinner. I tremble. Because they didn't get anything from Jesus. They didn't know who he was. And they wouldn't accept who he was. They couldn't see who he was. They were blinded by their self-righteousness and their sense of importance. And you know something? When I said about the start of the fellow that came in to the tractor place, we're getting the parts, and he stank to heaven. But he didn't know he stank. He didn't know it. And you could be here tonight, and you think you're a good person, and you think you're this, and you think you're that, and you didn't do this, and you didn't do that, and you didn't go here, and you didn't go there, and your sin is a stench in the nostrils of God. And the only way you can have that sin dealt with is to own up and say, if you don't even know you're a sinner, ask God, show me, Lord, I'm a sinner. Show it to me. Open my blinded eyes up. Because people who are not saved are blind. They're spiritually blind. The man who wrote the song Amazing Grace, there was nothing wrong with his eyesight. He was talking about his spiritual eyes. I once was blind, but now I see. Are you here tonight? Are you blind? Are you blind in this meeting? Do you not see your predicament if you're not saved? Do you not see the urgency to get right with God when you come to Jesus tonight? What did Jesus say to that woman? Boys, oh boys, it would have been something to see the way she left that meeting. She was saved and she was forgiven. She was a brand new person because of her encounter with Jesus. He said to her, Thy faith has saved thee. Go in peace. Do you know something? There's a wonderful peace when you know the Lord Jesus as your saviour. We've had difficult times over the last couple of years. It's nothing to the way it's going to get. But they've been difficult enough for us. And we've, we've been struggling. And I thank God to hear of believers who stood up for God and didn't compromise his word and didn't compromise meeting together. I thank God because that's been a strength to me as a believer and as a sinner saved by grace. I thank God for this, the fellowship of the saints. And I thank God for those who still preach the gospel. I thank God for those who still go out and contend for Christ. I thank God for those who call right, right, and wrong, wrong. You see, the difference between the two categories of people in this story was that Jesus didn't mean much to the religious people who gathered for a meal. He didn't mean much to them. He, they, they didn't place a great value on Jesus. 
But this woman was willing to push herself to come to Jesus, no matter what anyone thought of her, and the sniping and all the sneering and the sniggering and the comments. And she was willing to come. And she was willing to come to the feet of Jesus, weeping, washing his feet, drying his feet with her hair, and pouring on that costly ointment. She valued the Lord Jesus Christ more than anything else on this earth. And I thank God she's in heaven today. She's in heaven today. I'm going to ask you tonight, will you be going to heaven? You don't have to answer me. I'm only, I'm only the preacher. I'm only the messenger. But will you be going to heaven? Or will you be going to hell? Will you be going to hell for all eternity? Why would you say, why, why would I end up in an awful place like Alt hell? And look at the cross. And you see what God the Father allowed happen and to be done to his son Jesus. And God the Father turned away when Jesus hung on that cross when your sin and my sin was placed in his body and God the Father turned away and Jesus said, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And the answer was because he was taking your sins and mine. And God can't look on sin. God wouldn't be God and God wouldn't be honorable to his son if he lets us off with one solitary sin. And if you're not born again by the Spirit of God, and if you're not saved by grace, you will never see God's heaven. You'll spend an eternity in hell, and part of the punishment and the torture and the horrors of hell would be, why, why, why didn't I just believe and be saved? God is not asking you to do some great, meritorious task. He's asking you to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. He's asking you to repent and believe the gospel. He's asking you to believe and trust in what his sin did, son did once and for all on that awful cross. And praise God, Jesus rose victorious on the third day, triumphant over sin and death and hell. And he made an open show of the devil on Calvary's cross. And he sat down at the right hand of God the Father, interceding for all those who put their trust in him. And I thank God for the advocate with the Father that I have tonight, it was Jesus Christ. Praise God. He's a wonderful Savior. I recommend him tonight. I ask you tonight, if you're, if you're here and you're not saved, please, please get right with God. Lord, the doors are wide open. You can go home. You can do what you like. But please get saved tonight. Please don't, don't say, I'm going to think about this over the night. Get saved now tonight. <clears throat> you can bow your head in this meeting. And you can say right now while I'm speaking, you can say, Lord, I want to be saved. I do believe, I understand, I do accept. You did it all for me. You paid the price for me. You, Jesus died in my stead. I'm the guilty one. It's my fault. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Lord. It's all my fault. Will you forgive me? And he'll forgive you on the spot. You'll never regret it. You'll never, ever regret it. Asking Jesus Christ to save you. He's a wonderful saviour. He's the best friend you could ever have. He is faithful and true. I praise God for his salvation tonight and I thank God. I don't know why I'm not in hell, but I know it's because Jesus saved me. I'm so glad he saved me. I'm so glad he intervened in my life when I was hell bound and held fast on my way to that, that awful pit of destruction. And I thank God I'm not in the flames tonight. 
because of the blood of Jesus, because of God's wonderful salvation. And I pray tonight, if you're here, look at, don't rush out the door. Please, stay back. If you want to talk to the ministers that are here and those that are in eldership or whoever, I'm here, going to have, hopefully, have a cup of tea. I'd love to talk with you. Please ask Jesus to save you. Maybe you're in a Christian family and maybe you haven't made that decision. Maybe your father is, you see your father and your mother praying, praying and seeking God and reading the word of God and you've scoffed at them and you've laughed at them and you think that they're stupid and they're silly. Who's the fool tonight? Think about it. Who's the fool tonight? The fool is the one that will leave Jesus outside their heart. The fool is the one that will keep God at arm's length because there'll come a time when you'll have no say and you'll stand before God at the great white throne judgment when the books will be opened. And what will you have to say? You won't have anything to say. God will do the talking at that judgment. It'll be too late. It'll be too late. Almost persuaded. Never mind about whatever you think about your dad and your mom or your sister or brother that you know is saved. You get saved yourself tonight. You make it personal tonight and ask the Lord to save you. I thank God for his wonderful salvation. May God bless his word to you and may you be encouraged to just put your trust in Jesus. And if we can help you in any way, and I, I know Bertie won't mind me saying this, we're here tonight for you. If you're here tonight and you're not saved, we'd be delighted to help you in any way. But we're only signposts. We'd be, we'd be pointing you to Jesus. We'd be pointing you to the one who can save. And may God bless his word to you. Amen.